This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, back at you a dozen minutes before the Atlanta news update. Tragic story out of Bob Cajun where uh, nine individuals, seniors, uh, lost their lives in uh, the ravages of this COVID crisis. Uh, there are many, many frontline uh, workers as well who have been infected and tested positive. We'll get the details on that. After that, uh, we'll hear from our friend John turley Ewart. He's the risk management consultant with all the experience on Bay and Wall Streets as to how the markets are doing these days. And uh, when you see a barrel of select oil going for my hand to God, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was uh, something wrong with a Tiwi. $3.50. I mean... For a cup of coffee, you can get a barrel. It's not even worth the barrel's worth more, uh, meaning the thing that they put the bitumen in. However, uh, on matters dealing with the economy, and so on and so forth, we saw the prime minister earlier today uh, spelling out the details on the Canada Emergency Response Benefit to benefit small business people who have been laid off or lost their jobs. And uh, here to help us in the regard of unpacking all of that, Corrine Pullman has joined us, a senior VP of National Affairs with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Corrine, good afternoon and welcome to The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, I want to start with just the general question of this new wage subsidy at 75% and uh, businesses getting a loan, a bridge loan of sorts, and, uh, you know, if they can pay it off, they'll get a 25% discount by the end of 2022. Is this adequate uh, from the perspective of small business people that you represent? Well, it is a, a really good step forward. Uh, whether it'll be enough, I think time will tell. I think for some, it may still not be enough, and we're certainly asking for other things. But this is a huge improvement over what we were seeing just uh, before Friday, and in particular, I think it was a bit of a relief for a, quite a number of small business owners who were struggling with what to do with their staff. I'm kind of curious when you say time will tell, uh, and you mentioned some other things that you'd be asking for. I noticed there was a recent report came from your group that says a quarter of the members can't cover their fixed costs for April. That's like okay. a day and a half away. Uh, so where's that? What else would be necessary in the immediate to really help your small businesses out? Well, I think that's what you touched on. The next big thing is the rent and the fixed cost. So we're trying to find ways to get money into them quickly. So the business emergency account, uh, which was announced, which is a great idea and has a certain portion of it that is uh, forgivable, it's kind of not yet ready and it's not out there yet. So what else can we do? So we're calling on provinces to also look at ways to fill those gaps. Um, is there some emergency funding that can be provided to those that are really in a serious situation right now? Um, also finding ways to maybe help the landlords so that they can give those breaks, um, it, it, whether it's in a loan way or in a grant way, we're not sure. Um, so it is. Um, there are still things that are, are pending out there. Um, there's also some, we're still waiting for details on the wage subsidy as well, right? So we do know a little bit more today, but we still don't know how it will be delivered um, and exactly who beyond sort of the fact that it'll be businesses, I think, of all sizes that can benefit from it. But does it include um, the self-employed themselves? Does it include unincorporated businesses? Those are the kinds of questions we're still waiting to get answered. Right. And the big question is, you know, businesses, as we know, are on the clock. They've been on the clock for several weeks now. Uh, and will the cavalry come over the hill on time? I'm wondering if there might even be a better facility or infrastructure to, you know, fill in the gaps. Um, you know, I've been talking this up and, and maybe it's just a, a little esoteric, but I, I saw a couple of restaurateurs interviewed uh, a few nights back and they said, 
if the government would back uh, the insurance companies and the insurance companies then would pay the businesses for disruption insurance. Does that maybe sound plausible? Yeah, it's definitely one that keeps coming up. Uh, I think a lot of business owners are disappointed that their uh, policies don't cover or their business disruption insurance does not cover pandemics. It's not 100% of the time that way. There are some that are providing some payouts, but it seems to be more the case that they're not. And part of that is, I think, the insurance industry never foresaw this kind of a thing either, right? So definitely, I mean, we're trying to reach out as well to the insurance uh, industry to find out, like, how can we sort of fix this or figure this out? Are there measures that can be put into place that can support them to give those payouts? Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's many different uh, tentacles to this uh, dilemma that I think is pretty uh, unprecedented that we're still trying to figure out the best way to deal with. Corrine, do you have any maybe projections as to how many businesses will get lost in all of this in the shuffle? How many will be saved percentage-wise? Well, you know, we just uh, we got some new survey research that's coming out uh, tomorrow, but I'm happy to share certain pieces of it. Um, shockingly, 42% of our members are telling us that they're worried they may not be able to get through this and reopen. And that is, to me, a shocking number. So it's a worry right now. It doesn't mean that's going to happen. But the fact that 42% are feeling that they may not get through this is, uh, I think, something that we all have to pay attention to. And when uh, the Prime Minister earlier today is saying he's trusting businesses to do the right thing on the honor system uh, with a 75% claimed for EI, the top-up now, he'd uh, like to see the... Um, the business or the employer top up the remaining 25%. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, that puts the burden back in their lap. It does. Uh, but, you know, not every business is in dire, dire straits. So I think where it can happen, I, I think those businesses will want to do that because they also care about their employees and want to make sure that they also can do what they can. But we want to also make sure that the, the wage subsidy doesn't require that, right? So that those businesses that maybe can't do the 25% can still take advantage of it and still provide and have their employees be part of the business so that when they can reopen, they can bring that back up to the 100% and help get that business back on track quickly. So that's the important part of it. Um, But I don't think it's going to be required, but that's part of the details we're still waiting for that they may not necessarily have to top up. But I think for those that can and want to, that they should be doing it. What about uh, collecting taxes at source and uh, payroll taxes? Uh, I don't think there's any break on payroll taxes at all, is there? No, there is not. That's the one tax that they are continuing to expect business owners to um, file uh, on time. So we are worried about those business owners, of course, who've had to lay off staff and may not have yet paid those source deductions. And is there any way for at least that group we can potentially delay that plant payment? Um, so for those that may still have employees and are still paying them, that's a different story. But for those that are not, I think it's, it's another difficulty they have to face is to get those source deductions in on time. Again, with Corrine Pullman, Senior VP of National Affairs with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, as to the impact on small businesses, or at least what the government has offered by way of a lifeline to this point. You know, the rent relief that you spoke of earlier, I just wonder, uh, because I've heard also from landlords who are saying, this is my principal source of revenue or income, uh, don't penalize me. How do we reconcile that? And I understand it's also a provincial matter, isn't it? It is more a provincial matter. There's obviously it's a municipal matter and a provincial matter, and of course it's a it's a it's not necessarily a government matter. It's just between businesses. So, however, I you know absolutely we agree. There's lots of our members who are also landlords, 
and they have bills to pay as well. So how do we fix this? Well, <clears throat> there are certain jurisdictions that are, uh, such as I think it's Nova Scotia, that's offering uh, landlords loans or even potentially grants for up to fifteen thousand uh, dollars to help them cover uh, any costs should they have uh, tenants that need to defer or cannot pay, and giving and asking them to be showing some leniency. So there are some models starting to burble up in some jurisdictions across Canada that we can look at. So that was one of the first ones I've seen that actually tries to give some of that helping hand to landlords so that they can give those breaks where they're needed. So I think it's an important thing to keep in mind, and that has to be balanced in the system because everybody is struggling, and it's pretty much a vicious cycle. If one can't pay, then another can't pay, and so we need to make sure that we're supporting everywhere that we can. But the first quite, the first point is that you need to talk to your landlord first and see if you can work out some kind of arrangement. Well, uh, as we know, April 1 is coming up, and a lot of people are already anticipating they can't meet the requirement uh any idea what they do in the interim? I mean, how do they? Uh, is it again just talking to the landlord, trying to get a bit of a period of grace? Yeah, I mean that's the first thing you need to do is to sit down and think about okay, what can I afford to pay, and then go to your landlord and give them that feedback and let them know that that's what you can afford to pay, and hopefully you can come up with some arrangement where maybe you defer it for a little while or you defer parts of it for a little while. Um, that's really the, the, probably the best way to start dealing with it. Obviously, if you can get go to your bank and talk to them about anything that they can do to help maybe defer your mortgage, that's the other option, of course. Um, but there's, it, it's not going to be as simple for a lot of people as that. And, uh, you know, we're certainly going to continue to push governments to think about other ways that we can help people in those situations. I hope so. And from this end as well, uh, it's that important, certainly to the economy and just the uh, the toll in human lives. Let's talk again down the road because this one isn't uh, fully complete. As we know, uh, government did something that you feel is at least a move in a positive direction, but there are still some uh, areas that need to be addressed. So we'll do that in the future. All right, Corrine? I'd be happy to do that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Corrine Pullman, again, Senior VP of National Affairs with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.